0: The Bible, it's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active, and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
1: Paul and Barnabas has made a missionary journey. Uh, they went to Jerusalem to tell the church there about it, and they had some things to decide. They get to be back at Antioch. They stay there for a while, and now they feel like it's time to revisit the churches and even other churches. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarlane, and we're in the Book of Acts here on Exploring the Word. And if you have a copy of the Word of God, it would be great if you could join us. There are some very interesting and I would say worthwhile events that take place here in Acts chapter 15, the latter part of it, in chapter 16. So we hope you can join us. Alex, when they get back to from Jerusalem, they teach a while, but I think Paul, uh, I think he had the Alex, uh, you know, McFarland syndrome, which means you can only stay <laughs> in one place so long. You need to travel a little bit. Now, he didn't catch a plane, but he was going to see about a sailboat and and going, yeah, he was a traveling man, wasn't he?
2: Oh, my word. Well, if if there were <laughs> any way I could be compared to the Apostle Paul, and I'm not worthy of that, but yes, he was on the go, and so am I. And uh, you know what? I, I think about this. We often talk about Paul, who really— Bert, I think in 2,000 years of church history, Paul is the exemplary model of a follower of Jesus. I really do. I mean, if I have a biblical hero— other than the Lord, obviously, it's, it's Paul. And he was a church planter, he was a strategist, he was an organizer, he was a, a thinker, but he was an apologist, too, wasn't he? The, the evangelist Paul was a defender of the faith, and we're going to read about that in Acts 17. But you know, what, what's amazing is I was reading the latter verses of Acts 15, and I wanted us to talk about this. Um, it's the 21st century, but nothing's changed, really. <laughs> I, I mean, we yeah. have electronics and some, you know, uh, maybe amenities they couldn't have envisioned, but human nature is still the same. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to say this to ministry, there is the work of the ministry. Now, it's, it's not burdensome, it's not bad, but you, you make a plan, you say your prayers, and then you've got to get up early and stay up late, and... Paul and his colleagues, they worked visiting the churches they had planted, going back, planting new churches, dealing with personnel issues. I mean, really, I know this is 2,000 years ago, what we're reading, but is it that different than managing people today?
1: Let me see. Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, you know, it—it it is. People are people. You and I both get to be in different denomination churches, and uh, we've been able to preach and teach in those. And guess what I found out? I don't care which denomination, what size church, where it's rural, whether it's urban, whatever it is, people are people. And it doesn't matter in the first century, 21st century Uh, Yes, Alex, you are right on. So let me read this, 36, through the end of the chapter, and then let's make comment on it. And this is is good. Now, what chapter 15 does is settle problems. The problem that, that we settled yesterday was the Jerusalem Council concerning Gentiles being saved and what was demanded of them. And they said it's the same for the Jew and the Gentile. But there was some request that was made to those Gentiles so that they could not offend the, the Jewish brethren. And they write that out. They settle that. But they come back to Antioch, and here's another issue. So let me read about it. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Saul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Saul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God, and he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Now, Alex, again, they were planning on one missionary team, and what happens? They have two. Now, amen. The, um, isn't that good? It is. Now, the problem was settled. I would say, are yeah. problems going to occur with people in it? If a if a church has people in it, what's going to be a, come along with it? Issues and problems, you're right. Issues
2: and problems. You know, it's been said there's no perfect church, and, you know, a lot of times people have said, well, you know, they don't go to church because uh, they were in church once upon a time and there was problems, and we often say this, you know, well, if you find a perfect church, you know, don't (laughs) go there because any one of us, we would corrupt it because we're fallen sinners, but you know what? There, and, and I know what I'm about to say, it takes the Holy Spirit to help give you this perspective But look, life's too short to burn bridges. Uh, The gospel is way too important. And, you know, the things of life, honestly, most of the things can be worked out if people are willing.
1: They can be. A lot of times I've heard who was right and who is wrong. I believe, even on Exploring the Word, one of our callers years ago called in and wanted to know who was right in this disagreement or who was wrong. I'll be very frank with you. I don't know. I, I can speculate. Barnabas holds up to kind of who Barnabas is. Paul holds up to who Paul is. Barnabas yeah. was an encourager. He was called that, the son of encouragement. And and he he had a desire to disciple and help. You know, even those that were kind of thrown out. He did it with the apostle Paul. Barnabas had that spirit about him. So, when John Mark came to the place where he had deserted them the first time, and he, there must have been a change. Uh, there was. Now, and Paul, he said, No way. He deserted us. It's too early. It's too quick. Uh, you know. But later on, Paul would write in his last letter, 2 Timothy, and he asked Timothy to bring John Mark with him for He is profitable to me now. Barnabas yeah. invested in John Mark at a good time, did he not?
2: Well, he really did, he really did, and I think down the road we're going to see that that investment in the spiritual growth of a younger minister was well worth it. Um, Let me just say this, folks, oftentimes what is our greatest strength can become a a danger, potentially dangerous thing, and be a weakness. And, you know, uh, there are examples you could give. I will tell you, uh, and I will not belabor this point, but... I, for a good decade, worked with a man who was a brilliant, brilliant theologian, and and he did love the Lord. He was a godly man. He loved the Lord, and by virtue of his scholarship, he did a lot of good, but, but he was as stubborn as a mule, and the stories were legion. He had served at three major American Christian universities. Um, and the stories were legion about if he ever got sideways with somebody, he would like never speak to them again, like never. Now, let me say this. In Acts 15, uh, it says, verse 38, Paul thought, thought it not good to take him with him who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Okay, so in Acts 15, 38, there was a misstep and for whatever reason, Paul, energetic, proactive, type A, genius-level IQ, courageous, Paul had all these incredibly great, strong attributes. But in a way, um, and I know God used it for good, When when I read about Paul here, I think about my departed theologian friend who, if you ever got crossways with him, you, you were off the list forever. And I, there were there was a couple of disputes I mediated and I, Bert, I all but begged this guy because none of the things were big deals. It was nothing like serious. I said, please, as a Christian, let bygones be bygones. And he just couldn't do it. And Bert, all of that to say this, don't you think and I know I pray about this a lot. We need to let the Holy Spirit help us identify our blind spots so that, you know, we might have eight or nine other things over here that are good, but don't we have an obligation as a disciple to identify and work on the the one or two or three areas of deficiency?
1: Well said, Alex, well said. Psalms talks about not being easily offended. Nothing shall offend them. I I just want to tell you, if, if I'm speaking to Bert Harper and anyone who is listening, if you're easily offended by someone... Uh, doing something to you, check up and say, "Okay, Lord, toughen me up." I don't want to be a snowflake. I don't want to be <laughs> good one. <laughs> I I, I want to be tougher than that. Uh, don't if you knock the chip off my shoulder, so be it. Reach down, pick it up, and put it back up there if you have to. Uh, don't be easily offended. I I don't know how to say that any stronger than I've said it. And uh, I admire Paul. I admire Barnabas. And what God did, He did for good. And notice what they did. They covered Cyprus because that's where Paul and and Barnabas went first. So Barnabas goes back there. Matter of fact, that's that's his home territory. So he goes back there. I think is that's where Barnabas's strength might be is back mm-hmm. in Cyprus. Paul takes Silas, who he had groomed. Isn't it amazing that? They, they sent him up to Antioch. He goes back to Jerusalem. Now he comes and stays a while, gets to know Paul. And when it was time for Paul to go, he chooses Silas, who goes on the other two missionary journeys with him. And he's that quality of a man. And so here we find these four men going out, I think, in their strength, in their goals, in their desires to please God. And, and Alex, I heard a sermon And and they kind of, they want to take Barnabas on. And they said, well, you can see who is right because Barnabas goes to Cyprus and you don't hear very much about him anymore, but you hear all about Paul. Well, that's not the issue. The issue is here in chapter 16, uh, Paul collects a friend named Luke. (laughs) Mm. And and we're going to get to what we call the we verses in chapter 16 in a moment when Luke joins them. This, chapter, this second missionary journey that they're going on, far as the personnel, it is going to be productive. Timothy joins them, and Luke joins them. Alex, mm. it, I get chill bumps. I really do. I just came thinking about what, not only did they revisit the churches, they gained these giants in faith to come alongside Paul and Silas.
2: Oh, amen. Amen. Well, that's good, and God works things out for good. That's why we don't have to live in our uh, past disappointments. Erwin Lutzer wrote a book called Failure is Not Final. And see, that's one of the beautiful things of the biblical worldview. Yes, our sins are forgiven, and we will go to heaven when we leave this world. But even in this world, you know, um, our, our victories we should receive humbly, mindful of the fact that any blessings that came along only came along because of the goodness of God. But even our failures and our mistakes and our our you know bad, deep valleys, look, God can use it to strengthen us, purify us, humble us. And if you'll process it and bear your burden from a godly perspective, the Lord will reward you.
1: He will. Hey, if you take three steps forward and two steps backward, you're still going forward
2: Well said. This is Exploring the Word, Alex and Bert. We're gonna come back with more of Acts chapter 16, plus your phone calls, your questions, and God's answers. Stay tuned.
3: This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
0: Today, we pray for Anita Bales, Director of the Defense Contract Audit Agency. Her office performs all contract audits for the United States Department of Defense. Leviticus 19.35 reminds us of the importance of accurate accounting. You shall do no wrong in judgment in measures of length or weight or quantity. Right now with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Anita Bales at the United States Department of Defense. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen.
3: Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org.
4: The Bible says, "If we know Christ, we're saved," but it also says, "We're being saved." Dr. Tony Evans says not all believers know the difference. He'll clear that up for us today as we spend two minutes with Tony.
3: Now, I know we like to go around saying, my soul got saved. That's not quite right. On the day you were converted, your spirit got saved. According to 1 Peter 1, by the seed of the word of God. Your soul is being saved. Okay, you got three parts. You got body, soul, and spirit. The spirit is the God connection. The soul is the self life, it's it's your personhood, and then your body is your physical life. You and I were born with a damaged soul. Like mirrors at a carnival that show you big and fat or tall and skinny or squiggly, it creates a distortion. Your soul is so distorted, you can't trust it. Now, most people trust their souls. They say, this is me. But if your soul is jacked up and you're looking to your soul, then all you're doing is asking something messed up to mess you up more. When you were saved, you got a seed. The seed was in your spirit. The goal of spiritual transformation is for the spirit to enter into the soul and the soul to re-instruct the body. So if the body's going to do different, it's because the soul is talking different. And the soul's going to talk different because it's now being influenced by a seed that's growing.
4: If you're not 100% sure that the seed of salvation has been planted in your heart, visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link at the top that says Jesus. Dr. Evans will walk you through everything you need to know. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony.
0: Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family
5: Radio.
2: Welcome back to Exploring the Word. We are making a segue into Acts chapter 16. So glad you're with us. And in just a few minutes, we open up the telephone for your Bible questions. Here's the number. might want to have it handy. We'd love to hear from you. It's 888-589-8840. 888 And uh, you can ask a Bible question, and Bert and I will do our very best to give an answer. By the way, you can uh, listen to this show again, archived shows and all sorts of other really, really great programming is at afr.net, afr.net. You can reach us at Word, W-O-R-D, Word at net And um, hey, pray about this because Bert and I have a book coming out in September on the top 100 questions from the first 10 years of exploring the Word. And uh, Bert, uh, today was the uh, last day for any changes, and we've read through it many times. We think, think we got it ironed out and all ready to go, and it, over the summer it'll be typeset and then printed and... Uh, I'm, I'm just as excited as I can be that you and I are getting to do our first book together after all these these questions. And, and I want to say, listeners, I want to thank you because you listening and you calling in with questions have made this book possible.
1: I just thought of this, uh, People it that's called in. And they can go through the questions and then say,
2: that was my question. That was me. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it really is a collaborative effort. I mean, we couldn't have done this without all of you all listening. And so sincerely, we thank you.
1: That's exactly right. So we appreciate that. Look forward to it. And I hope you do as well. Chapter 16, again, second missionary journey, Paul and Silas. Uh, Notice these words, I love the way Luke writes. I I, I say this all the time. Whatever book, it seems like whatever book I'm studying is my favorite at that time, but I love the book of Acts. Someone asked me today, what five books of the Bible uh, would you consider the ones that if you just could read five, which ones would you read? And I had a hard time, but I did say, John, I want to tell you, and it may be because we're studying Acts. I said the book of Acts because, mm-hmm. Alex, there's so much here. And here it is. Now, listen to this. I love this. Then he came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by their brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul mm-hmm. wanted to have him go on with him. Now, he didn't want John Mark, but he wants Timothy. Now, that's interesting. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region. We'll talk about that. For they all knew that his father was Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and did what? Increased Mm -hmm. number daily. Mm -hmm. I underlined that last one. Uh, Church. Increase daily. Now, notice the twofold ones. We're going to go back. We got to go back. But I, I wanted to read to this: strengthened and increased. Alex, may that be a goal of every church that is listening today. If you're a member of a church, and I hope you are, your goal strengthen that church. Strengthen it with the spiritual gifts you have. The the fruit of the spirit being developed in your life ministering and serving, and then increased in number daily, sharing the gospel, telling the good news, and them coming to Christ. That sounds like a ministry for a church, doesn't it?
2: Amen. Amen. Well, you know, in 1 Corinthians nine twenty-two, Paul said, I've become all things to all people, if by any means I might win some. And it may seem strange after just going through uh, salvation by faith, and Paul, you know, stands down the Judaizers, and you might say, well, Paul, first thing he does is sees to it that Timothy is circumcised. Okay, Timothy's uh, mother was Jewish, his dad was Greek, Timothy was half, half Jewish, half Gentile. Um, they, I, I see this, they did this uh, because of the Jews in those quarters, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. I don't... Let's make sure that we understand Paul is not adding law back to the gospel here. It's, I think, done in the spirit of all things to all people. He's helping Timothy be positioned and qualified to minister to any and all. And I really do think it's interesting. Timothy is going to be Paul's lifelong ministry companion. And he, just as the gospel is for everybody, and we just in the previous chapter saw where you know, the, the door of faith was open to the Gentiles. Now Paul's protege is half Gentile, half Jewish. Very interesting. All right, they I like how verse four is rendered in the King James. As they went through the cities, they, Paul and Timothy and the crew, delivered to them the decrees for to keep, which were ordained of the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. Okay, what what does a disciple do? What is salvation? But look at verse 5. And so were the churches established in what? The faith. Not established in the works, not established in the law, but the churches were established in the faith and increased in number daily.
1: Alex, I want to go back to Timothy and just make one quick comment. The circumcision of Timothy had nothing to do with salvation. It had to do with service.
2: Amen. And, Amen.
1: and that with well said. Well, uh, many of us, there's some things that we sacrifice that we do in order to be what we need to be, to be a part of winning and mission work and doing the work that God has called us to do. And again, it had nothing to do with salvation. A lot of people think Timothy had probably been saved. On Paul's first missionary journey. He's mm-hmm. returning to these places. The possibility of Paul meeting Timothy and his mom. You remember what his uh, grandmother's name was? Lois. You remember? L-E-T. Lo- I, I, Lois, Eunice, yes, yes. and Timothy. I always remember that. Let. Very L-E-T. Good, yes. yeah. But anyway, they, they were saved, and it says that he was taught from a child the Holy Scriptures. Now, they would have done that as good Jewish women teaching Timothy. But a lot of people think he was saved and now Paul comes back and he sees Timothy is grown. He's well thought of by the brethren. And and now he didn't take John Mark. Paul is always wanting to take someone younger. That he wants to mentor that's good uh, leadership. It is. And he does that. He's he's gonna find Titus. Many of these are following, but here's Timothy, and like you said, he comes a lifelong servant with Paul. Paul called him his son in the ministry. And uh, so Alex, uh, well said that the church is strengthened and it increased in size. Uh, may that well, be the case with the churches that are listening today.
2: Well, I've always loved Acts 16, 6 and following because I... I got saved through a church called Macedonia Baptist Church. Yes. Uh, Eric Pace, a lifelong friend, and we actually were in high school together. Eric Pace is the pastor there now, and it's still a great church after all these years. But the very famously, Paul gets uh, a vision, uh, and uh, it says they had gone through uh, Phrygia the region of Galatia, but they were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. You know, it's been said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The stops of a good man, I believe that's Psalm 37, are ordered by the Lord. So there's a door shut. And the Spirit did not allow them to go into uh, Bithynia, Bithynia. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. They wanted to go that way. Bert, did you ever have ministry it was good plan, worthwhile endeavor, but the timing just wasn't right, or God for some reason didn't open the doors. Sometimes the open doors we have to wait on God for those doors to. A lot, a lot of things have to come together that maybe we just don't know about.
1: They do, Alex, and I. This intrigues me. Now it intrigues me. Paul's plan was do what? If you get a map at the back of your Bible. And you start looking at these towns, Derby, Lystra, uh, you come to Bithynia, you'll find they're just in a row. Paul Mm -hmm. got through with one. It doesn't say he prayed, okay, God, where do you want me to go? Do you want me to go to the other, other side? No, he was strategic. This reminds me of Nehemiah when they were building the wall. We did the study of Nehemiah not too long ago. And what were the assignments made in Nehemiah chapter 3? Most of them were, if not all of them, were next to their house. That mm-hmm. way they didn't have yeah. to go all the way across the city to, to, to work and spend their time traveling. They spent their time working. Paul, he is planned by the Lord, go from city and then the next city. But God intervened. Here's, I, I called it planned spontaneity. I think our yes. life should yeah. be that way. I think worship should be that way. I think exploring the word should be that way. Yeah, <laughs> we get on the program. We have a plan, but I want to tell you, we ought to be ready to be moved or stopped by the Holy Spirit and say, "Hey, buddy, it's time to pray." Hey, Bert, it's time for you to look at this. Hey, Alex, you know, this this passage just you can tell I get excited about it, but it's being led by the Spirit. And then, when he stopped, he stopped and got a vision from a man from Macedonia saying, "Come over here and help us, yes. Alex." He's leaving Asia Minor. Where is he going? To Europe. Yeah. This every this passage from verse six to verse twelve changes the world.
2: Well, you know, it's it's interesting and. Like I say, I got saved at Macedonia Baptist Church in uh, Guilford County, rural North Carolina. And uh, I like that name because when I think of Macedonia, I think about being uh, ready to go at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And I, Lord knows, I, I hope that's been our our posture to always go wherever God leads. But think about this. The gospel is going to go to Europe, spread across Europe, ultimately go to America uh you know, exactly. for a thousand years later. I mean, That's, isn't that amazing? That
1: is right here. We, you and I, and most of the people who are listening, get our identity of our, our where we're from from right here. Now, a lot now again, Cyprus and others they were doing their work. The other apostles, Matthew probably went to to Africa and Ethiopia down there. But here, the Western civilization and and the reform. I mean, I'm talking about the Reformation. Right here is the roots of it, Alex.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, you know, we often talk about uh, the Macedonian call. So Paul gets this vision. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us... Yes, you uh, got to comment in on plural. we and
1: us. It's now. Wait just a minute. I want to set you up in verse in verse six. It's they were forbidden of the Holy Spirit. In verse right. seven, they tried to go into Bithynia, but all of a sudden, it's we and us. What's happened at Troas?
2: Well, God has united them. Isn't that something? A, a unified vision.
1: Luke has joined them. Luke has joined them, and now. It's not just them and they, it is us. So right here in this preparation, now think about this. Right before they go into Europe, God gets Timothy, as you said, a Greek father. He gets Luke, who a lot of people think Gentile, you know, a physician. Mm -hmm. At, At least we know one thing. He is what? A journalist. He keeps records, doesn't he? And that is when they get ready to go into Europe. God not only has the vision, he has the personnel to get it done, what needs to be done.
2: Amen. Amen. Really. And, you know, it says in verse 10, We endeavored to go into Macedonia assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel. Okay. They were unified in their vision. But the word assuredly, you might think of assurance, that we had assurance that this is what God wanted us to do. The wording there really means at peace. They had peace. Okay, this is God's plan. And you know, sometimes, and I I don't mean to give a cliche here, but sometimes our plan B was really God's plan A in the first place, you know? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Um, Yeah, I got to tell you, and again, not to reference myself, but I have had in my adult life, I've had a, a few things that at the moment disappointed me. When a door closed, and I'm going to tell you, I praise God, Bert, I praise God. And I'm telling you from personal experience, and Lord knows I'm still learning and trying to mature. Please don't think I'm acting like I have it all together. But I'm telling you, when you have a closed door and there might be a momentary disappointment, if you wait on God and you pray... God will bring you into something 10 times better than you ever dreamed of. And you know what, Bert? I, I just, I think about Angie and me and the ministry we've gotten to do, and even she as a medical missionary, a nurse going to the Sudan and all. Thank God for the closed doors because ultimately he will give you a much, much better open door.
1: He will. He has not only a road map he has a timetable. I use you as the illustration on this many times, Alex, because you travel so much. It's not just important for you to know which airport to go to, but it's important for you to know what time to get there so you know that you'll be there <laughs> when that particular plane leaves. And oh, that's yes. that's what we're saying. God, wait upon him and watch him. We've just got about 30 seconds left, and that number is 888 8840 People are lined up, ready for calls. But I want to pray these 20 seconds before for people to know when to go through those doors and when to wait. Father, yeah. I pray that you would help all of us, Alex, me, Devin. I pray all the listeners that we would know your voice, that we would hear your, that your Holy Spirit would speak and 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 guide us and we'd catch that vision as alex said that unified vision of doing your will we pray this in jesus name amen we'll be right back with your questions
0: the american family association's mission is to inform equip and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Here are some of our core values. AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to
4: stop the erosion of godly values. This is Frank Effney, host of Secure Freedom Radio. It's your personal Daily intelligence briefing about the challenges we face, how they're likely to affect you, and what we can do about them. You can find Secure Freedom Radio here every weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in to learn from our extraordinary experts what you need to know and will want to share. Join us for Secure Freedom Radio tonight at 11 Eastern, right here on
3: AFR. But if you show partiality, you're committing sin
1: and are convicted by the law as transgressors. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. As part of its long journey toward becoming an anti-racist organization, Bethany Christian Services now believes allowing less melanated families to adopt minority children from the foster care system can cause a lot of harm. As a result, Bethany now favors overhauling the Multi-Ethnic Placement Act, which bars skin color-based discrimination in placing a child into an adoptive family. Bethany should remove the word Christian from its name, because there's nothing Christ-like in allowing children to languish in the system solely because they require a forever family to have the right skin color. Listen each
4: weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III,
0: public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
4: This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Luke 10, verses 39 and 40, we read this, Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened, but Martha was distracted. Once at my annual physical, I asked the doctor for a hearing test. He tested my hearing and then said, Stephen, your hearing's fine, but why did you ask me to check it? I said, well, my wife has asked if my hearing's okay because I'm just missing things she says. He said, you're hearing well, but maybe your listening's not as good. People came to hear Jesus teach and preach, but many people didn't really listen. Don't let preaching or teaching or reading your Bible reach your eyes or your ears, but not your heart. God's Word will transform you, but you've got to really listen. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR.
0: You're listening to American Family Radio. Here's a thought from Scripture. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Everybody here looking for a Bible in our old hearts and across the band. Anybody looking for a revival lift up your voice man.
1: Welcome back to Exploring the Word, Birdie and Alex. Our, our call board is full, so... Uh, we're not going to give that number because six of you have already made that oh. call. And we're going to try to get to as many of those calls as we can today. So Alex, I'm going to throw it over to you and you guide us through these individuals who have called us today.
2: Well, we're going to start in my home state of North Carolina. Pretty good place to start talking with Stanley. Welcome to the program. Stanley?
5: How are you doing? Yes,
2: sir. How are hey. You yeah, you're on, my friend.
5: Yeah, I had a question about the, the different doctrines that's been being taught everywhere as far as uh, the blood, the calvary, the grace. Uh, but Jesus had a very specific, uh, I guess it would be a command, to preach this message of the kingdom. And you rarely hear anyone really preaching or giving good examples of kingdom teaching.
2: Yeah, the, the gospel of the kingdom. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned those doctrines because, you know, like you mentioned Hebrews 9.22, that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So the gospel, Bert, and Stanley, thank you for this question. The gospel is based on some truth statements Jesus is the Son of God. You, you have to believe that. He died on the cross for the sins of the world and for each of our sins. You have to put your faith in that. And, Bert, is it fair to say that the gospel of the kingdom, quote-unquote, is all of these things and more, that we, we're saved through Jesus, he is the king, he's coming to rule and reign forever, and he's building this family call the church and you can be a part of it and so uh the the news that we can be saved and be a subject of the king that's the gospel of the kingdom isn't it
1: it is remember what jesus said to to pilate my kingdom is not of this world and uh, but for a kingdom you got to have a king and it's king jesus the king of kings the lord of lords And it's his message, it's his gospel, it's who he is. It's not a hidden, it's not hidden. You remember what Jesus told them? He says, I haven't done anything hidden, I've done it openly. He had been in Jerusalem the last week, and he had gone to the temple, and he had shared truth, they had seen it, they had heard it. And so the kingdom message is a message that needs to be shared, and it's the whole counsel of God, Alex. Uh, it's the gospel. And then what follows in a kingdom? It follows those who are following the king, and we call that discipleship. And that's where we get into following him. That's the message. Jesus saves. That's the message of the kingdom, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then the whole counsel of God is what following. you remember the Great Commission? It says mm-hmm. teaching them all things. Now, first is the relationship with Christ, the first step. One of the first steps of I would say discipleship, baptism, followed by teaching them all things whatsoever I've taught you. So Stanley, yes, we're gonna share the good news. Just because we don't use the exact words does not mean that message is not being proclaimed. And and great so, question. Yeah. Thank you, Stanley. Who's next? We're gonna Alex?
2: go to gonna go to Georgia, Michael in Georgia. Michael, welcome to Exploring the Word.
5: Yes, Alex, Bert, I've uh, been listening to y'all for two years. I have not heard no errors from y'all uh, from the Jesus Christ, I know. And also, if the church wants to come in unity, they can only come into unity on the rock of the church and love one another by the uh, Christ Jesus. It says, love and bless everybody who names the name of Christ. Mm. Um, well, God also, bless you. Um, it, that's how Billy Graham moved in the crusade. See, he was saying, hey, you want something to do with Christ? They said, saying, yeah, the Catholic does, we all do. Okay, and that's how he was moving like that with the Holy Spirit was because because uh, people want to know about Jesus. Um, and uh, I heard no errors from y'all whatsoever from nothing y'all said. And the last week's question was, was blind Barnabas the Barnabas who's traveling with Paul?
2: Oh, good question. You know, actually, uh, it's Bartimaeus. Jesus healed somebody named Bartimaeus, and Barnabas that travels with Paul. Um, I know the names sound similar, but but two different people actually. But um, they're spelled different in
1: the Greek as well. I think that I may be wrong if I remember this right. I haven't checked it out, but I remember that in college when we was taking Greek and and the greek words uh, it lets you know it's a different and sometimes these words that are translated into the english language they look more alike than they really are in the greek language alex
2: yeah and and that that's in mark chapter 10 uh where jesus uh bartimaeus was one of the two blind men that um jesus healed mark chapter 10 it was near jericho wasn't it
1: yes it was
2: yeah But, Michael, thank you for that good question, and thank you for being a student of the Word. Uh, Well, one of my favorite places is Texas, and uh, we're going to go down to Texas and speak with Doris. Doris, thank you for holding.
6: Thank you so much, Alex. I've had a question for a long time. I really can't get one answer for it, and that is, who baptizes a person with the Holy Spirit? Since John was doing it in person and he was baptizing with water and he said someone's coming that's greater than I am and he said he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Who would do that?
1: The Holy Spirit does it himself these days. Uh, What happened on the day of Pentecost also happened in Samaria. It would happen with Paul and others in Ephesus. The the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming upon a person – Now, in those scriptural uh, places, Alex, the, the Spirit of the Lord fell on these places with signs and wonders and tongues. The Holy Spirit comes upon a person at the moment of salvation. He comes. It does not have to be initiated by man because Jesus Christ has done what he's going to, and he has sent the Holy Spirit to complete that job that he started in the lives of the followers of christ hasn't he
2: he really has and you know um, let me recommend a couple of things uh billy graham wrote a book simply called the holy spirit and honestly you know the previous caller mentioned how billy graham worked with all these different denominations and really was used by god to unify a lot of people and um you know a lot he was such an evangelist. You may not realize what a brilliant thinker Billy Graham was, and he he was deep. He was he was a scholar, uh, and his book on the Holy Spirit I would highly recommend. Also, if you want to start with something shorter, Bill Bright of Campus Crusade wrote a little bitty pamphlet called "Have You Discovered the Spirit-Filled Life?" and so. It relates to the Trinity. It's a real good question, who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit? Because the Bible talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, the body has one members, and we're all members, and though many, we're one body. Verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 12, in one spirit, we're baptized into one body. Bert, let me just say this, and I know we've got more calls. We're baptized into Christ we're baptized into the body of believers and we're baptized into the spirit all through faith in Jesus aren't we
1: we are it is faith in Christ uh, i just love how the trinity works again don't ask me yes. to completely explain it but i i do find out how they work and that is together the father sent the son and he made much of his son he said this is my beloved son this is my son. The Father would speak from heaven. The Holy Spirit would descend as a dove and, and settle over him. Jesus would say, I've got to go back to the Father, and then the Holy Spirit will come, and he will guide you into all truth. So it's them working together. And, and so, listen, uh, make, you make much of Jesus, it makes Holy Spirit happy you know. Amen. And if Amen. you talk about the Holy Spirit and how he's filled your life and the gifts of the Spirit, what he's done in your life, that makes the Father and the Son. Amen. Alex, that's uh they don't compete, they complete, don't they? Uh,
2: good word. They complete. Let's go to Louisiana. Uh is it uh Miller in Louisiana?
7: Yes. Um uh, I'm down here about in Baton Rouge about 5 years ago at uh one of the churches. I don't know what y'all were doing here, but I remember meeting you at.
2: Uh, well, thank you.
7: Church here, and it was a blessing. And uh, uh, actually, I'm I'm not originally from Louisiana. I was born and raised in the Holy Land, and uh, I moved here in '73.
2: you you're from uh, North Carolina.
7: <laughs> no, I'm from. No, that's where you're wrong. I'm from Mississippi.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Bless you, brother. Bless
1: you. bless you. I was waiting on you to answer that, Miller. Way to go. <laughs> um,
7: I just was thinking about when y'all were talking a little bit earlier um, about uh, Paul and Barnabas and and Silas and, and Paul's issue with uh John Mark. And I think that, of course, I don't think at all Paul hadn't forgiven him. He was just using biblical discernment whether you should take him or not. But I yeah. think this is something that's really powerful that we need to remember as believers. And it's Matthew thirteen, uh, Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15, which says that if you forgive others, God will forgive you. And if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive our transgressions. And I think that's something that we all believers need to <laughs> think about it because that preacher that that um alex was talking about that you know kind of like paul but he said that he never he never would forgive those people that you know had crossed the line or didn't do right um i think that's what you said um alex
2: yeah yeah he wouldn't let go of stuff
1: i how listen i i want to say something miller praise the lord you're doing mission work down in baton rouge hey i'm 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 yeah, I go again. But let me say this, Alex, one of the greatest things about salvation that I've come to understand is forgiveness, that yeah. God for, could forgive someone like me. And whoever it is, whatever you've done out there, uh, you may be in, incarcerated right now because of some things you've done. It could be murder. It could be swindling people, so many things. The forgiveness of God is real. And, and listen, there's no room for us to hold unforgiveness in our heart. Now, for some people, it can happen quickly. But if you're not working in it, on at least on a process of forgiving others, Alex, even if they haven't asked, That means when they do ask you, you can say to them, I'd already done it. I don't have to work on it. I've already forgiven you. Yeah. (laughs) Forgiveness. How how important is it?
2: Oh, well, there's such joy in it. And frankly, holding grudges is unhealthy. I I mean, even secular psychologists will say one of the things that is so bad for you, psychologically, stress-wise, even things like ulcers, is holding bitterness in. Let it go, because, listen, we who have been forgiven, we should be quick to forgive. Let's try to get in a couple more calls if we can. Uh, Brenda in Arkansas. Brenda, are you there? Yes. Hi, thanks for holding. Welcome.
6: Hi. I'm glad to be here. I've been trying all day. <laughs>
2: oh, bless you. Time.
6: Every one of your broadcasts. but I'm going to talk fast because I've got a lot to say. I was raised in church, and because my parents were divorced when I was young, I've been Nazarene, Methodist, uh, Southern Baptist, uh, you name it. I even was Catholic for five years when I was married to a Catholic. But I just recently understood, because I've been through a 20-year marriage that ended... There is a spiritual warfare going on right now, and the Christians need to stand up, and they need to spread the word of Jesus because Satan's claiming souls. He's destroying marriages. He's destroying churches, and I've seen it happen in all of mine, my church, my marriage, my home, my family. My whole family's fragmented. Mm. So what I was going to say was in in my divorce, I have relied on Jesus totally. Tell me what to do, because I know that God doesn't like divorce. But it wasn't my fault. He applied for divorce, and he had a mistress, and I forgave him. What I learned in forgiveness, what my previous pastors told me, is just because you forgive them doesn't mean you have to forget. You don't have to trust them. You don't have to hang out with them every day just
2: let it go Bert what do you say about a healthy way to to move on even if you've tried to by the Holy Spirit forgive but I would say you yeah, yeah
1: yeah you speak it speak it get in the word of God and and say it and and if it comes back up confess it again and say oh Lord I don't want to live in bitterness bitterness destroys the container. I don't want it. I lay it out. Lord, and here's what did me, I had one person in my life that I, I I use the word I I don't know if it's hate, but it was as close as a Christian could come to hate if he can't. And God showed me, who do you think you are, buddy? That's what God mm-hmm. talks to me real plain. He says, yeah. Who do you think you are if I've forgiven them? Who do you think you are to not forgive them? Alex. It's, it's worth forgiveness it's a Amen. beautiful thing to receive but it's also even better to give
2: Dwayne I'm sorry we didn't get to you please call in tomorrow with that question I think Dwayne has a very interesting question and we'll get to it tomorrow you've been listening to Exploring the Word Alex and Bert please tell somebody about the great broadcasting of the American Family Radio Network tell somebody about Exploring the Word most of all tell everybody about Jesus Jesus